Thanks to our patrons for helping out with the show. If you'd like to see how you can get involved, go to patreon.com slash boards and swords. It's not quite live, but it's still from Swordplay Studios. It's time for Boards and Swords. Hey out there, everyone, and welcome to Boards and Swords. I'm your host, Chris Renshaw, and I'm all by myself. That's right. It's the middle of the summer. Schedules are all out of whack. So I decided since they did a couples type show last time, I would get back to the type of show I've been wanting to do for a while. And that is basically Chris talks to people, kind of like what I used to do back in the good old days. So for today's episode, I sit down and talk with Bebo from Bebold Games, which is an amazing website that does a lot of good content creation for the board gaming community. She does a lot of help with Kickstarters, and we talk a little bit about some of that stuff. But she's also a writer, and she wrote a book about board games, the Everything Tabletop Games book from Settlers of Catan to Pandemic. Find out which games to choose, how to play, and the best ways to win. So she is someone that knows a whole lot about board games, and we get into all sorts of gaming-related and side-tangenty sort of things. So I really hope you'll enjoy it. And don't worry, Colin and Cindy aren't fired yet. Even though Colin tried to take my job and do some posts and some jokes and stuff in this last episode, not fired yet. But in the meantime, I hope that you all enjoy this episode. Oh my God. Uh Uh-oh. Katie just sent me the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That's a cat tree and it looks like a fairy wonderland. Oh my God. That's amazing. I need it. Sorry. Normally I don't react that strongly to something, but I was (laughs) like- Well, I knew it. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this has got to be good. Amazing. Is that a Game Boy Color behind you? Yeah. I'm the person that always gets rid of the old console to be able to afford the next thing. Yeah. See, I was the person who uh, I had two siblings and neither of them grew up to be gamers. So I ended up inheriting everything. Mm. So I got all the video games from my brother and my sister and me and my parents, because they were competing with each other because they were divorced. It was like, oh, well, then you've just got to have everything, not sell this to get something new. It was like, no, you you still play your old stuff, which I did because we were always two or three generations behind because we weren't rich. But that didn't change the fact that when my mom got her annual bonus at Costco, she went and bought us video games. Oh, yeah. No, I know the feeling. It was uh, I didn't get an NES until either the tail end of Super Nintendo or the 64 when we knew a couple of people that were getting rid of like here. So I, I technically had two NESs and they were both kind of like on their last legs. So we would be always doing this. Uh, all right, let's blow in the cartridge. Let's do test this thing. Hit the reset. See if that one works. Okay, that one's not working. Plug in the second one and see if we can get that one to work <laughs> and doing this kind of flip back and forth. And then I don't think we got a Super Nintendo until like towards the end of 64. I was 
a technology nerd and my mom's best friend's boyfriend made computers. And so he taught me how to take apart my Nintendo so that I could replace the pin adapter uh, and get it working when I was like a little kid. Nice. I think I was like six. Uh, yeah, that's I, I was not allowed to do like they they fully explored if I could if I if I had looked into it. But like, for instance, I um, I had in eighth grade, I had a technology teacher that was retiring and they just had like a cabinet full of like old like 286 486 even though this is like this was like 1999 so even for back then it was old and they just gave me a bunch of pieces and i was like i'm gonna learn how to put a pc together and i just like well this looks like it goes here they refused to let me plug it in and turn it on because they were afraid i was gonna like blow up the house oh no My parents were definitely, well, my mom was very absent and my dad was very like, you're not allowed to even touch a computer. And that was that. Like yeah. it was two wildly different parenting philosophies between the two of them. <laughs> Although I do have the original Game Boy because, and it's funny, that was a hand-me-down from my cousin, but I paid him a dollar. And my reason was, is I gave him a dollar because then I could say it was mine and it wasn't a gift that I had to share with my brother. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Uh, I ended up trading. I actually know because I was that desperate at the time because I was a I was a college kid. Um, I traded my Game Boy and like all my Game Boy stuff so that I could get World of Warcraft because everybody was playing World of Warcraft. Yeah, see, that was just it. We couldn't like afford a computer that was capable of running decent games. Like I had like a word processing computer that I built myself from old parts, but. Uh, my neighbor, my my mom's best friend, whose boyfriend built computers, had a computer over there, and so I was able to play Warcraft one and two on their computer nice. and Age of Empires. Oh, I was really into that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, those were no. I'm not even gonna say those. No. So, anyways, <laughs> back to what we're really supposed to be talking about. It's fine. This is even. This is probably better. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have to ask one thing because I know that you do a lot for your job involving board games, but what's mm-hmm. the last board game you played because you wanted to, not because you needed to for your job? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I've played D and D with my, with my group, but the last game that I played for fun uh, was kingdom death monster. I play every weekend oh, with my nice. co-parent and my family. And like, that is our game. We are obsessed. We have a six-person crew, and we swap people out. So we're only ever playing with four players. Right. But, like, part of it is that one of our characters rolls, like, five dice because their speed is five. And so we'll split them up between two people and just be like, we're on a team, whatever. And then, like, (laughs) when you go to roll those five dice and one of them's rolling three and one person's rolling two, and the person with the twos, with the two dice hits, and the person with the three dice doesn't hit, like oh now i get bragging rights forever because you're just bad at rolling dice what's wrong with you ah <laughs> uh, that's that's one of those games i hear people talk about all the time but have never played just because it's got that high bar to entry it does have a super high bar to entry i think my co-parent spent about two thousand eight hundred dollars buying wow. everything in it yeah and of course i'd never drop that kind of money on a game but it doesn't change the fact that he did and i get to enjoy it because we share a child yeah i mean hey you know that's like the best part of knowing somebody that's you could be like oh cool you got that game that's why i thought it, that was what i was going to do for gloomhaven forever because i had so like i didn't want to spend the money because i wasn't sure and i knew 
three or four other people that had Gloomhaven. And so I was like, they were all like, oh, yeah, because you need to play Gloomhaven. I'm like, let's go. What, what, what time? And nobody would ever respond to me. <laughs> until finally I went up at PAX U to, to Isaac and I was like, look, I know you're, you're doing this whole like Frosthaven thing, but uh, it's, uh, it's almost the 2020 and I've still not played Gloomhaven. So could I review it, please? <laughs> awesome. Oh. Did you did you did you review it though? I did. Uh, it's, okay, good. I understand why people like it. I don't think it's for me. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think that a lot of people have said that Kingdom Death and Gloomhaven scratch a similar itch, but I have somebody who runs Kingdom Death Monster for me, and I feel like the big difference for me is that if somebody's willing to run the entire game for me and like right. hand me everything I need, like that is just an experience that you can't get anywhere else. And so I prefer kingdom death monster with somebody who knows the game in and out and who can basically hold my hand through it. Cause it's just a better gaming experience. It feels more like playing a video game than a board game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I could see that my, so I have cat, I even had, and I had caveats with the reviews. A, uh, I've only really played it Gloomhaven solo, except for with one other person, like one time. So that can make a big difference because I started playing it right as we were going into pandemic. Uh, and then mm-hmm. B, um, what was the other caveat? I can't even remember now. I'm so off track. <laughs> uh, the other caveat was just like um, the pieces I liked were, th- I liked, I liked the more story and I felt like it was more of, just how you got from scenario A to B, like quick read for the next thing. Oh, I remember the other thing. Kingdom Death Monster has dice, and I can be persuaded to play anything with dice. Because it's, it's edge of the seat. Yeah. It's scary. Oh, now I, I remember. It. I also suck at Gloomhaven. That's the other part. <laughs> is it is Gloomhaven not dice-based at all? No, it's all card-based. And when you run out of cards, you're dead. So, like, I told people, like, I've only gotten to, like, the fourth scenario in Gloomhaven, that doesn't mean I've only played Gloomhaven four times. I've probably played double digits amount of Gloomhaven and just not gotten past. That's super funny. Yeah. Uh, super amazing. I love that. And so, so yeah, I, I feel like that's actually dramatically different than uh, Kingdom of Death Monster. I'm sure it probably is. It's kind of weird that you always, I guess because they're, big expensive productions probably that are both kind of the theming is similar maybe mm-hmm. but you do hear them compared a lot i did pick up the jaws of the lion just because i wanted to see if that made things different at all with the okay. simpler setup Fair. Now, uh my uh game of choice when it comes to games i spend hundreds of dollars on has to be is uh arkham horror the card game okay that's one of those i can't I, I I saw a post where someone was talking about like adding up all the money they'd spend and I'm like, yeah, I can't complain about anything as far as like people spending large amounts on uh <laughs> on board games anymore, can I? <laughs> I mean, I'm I play mobile games and I'm not always a free to play player. I am ashamed of that, but <laughs> I can't judge anybody for their spending habits because like god, I think it was 2011, 2012-ish. Um I was finally in a slightly better financial position than I had been. And you, if you ask my partner now, the two of us combined probably spent like four grand on Puzzles and Dragons <laughs> over, over the course of like six years. No, um, yeah, I know. I know the feeling. 
Um, We're ashamed. But <laughs> I still have my Puzzles and Dragons account if I really wanted to play. And now that's now I play Fire Emblem Heroes, which is not any better. It's still a gotcha. It's okay. Um, I don't even want to look up how much actual real money I've spent on Pokemon Go. Oh, really? I would oh, not yeah. have guessed that. No, I've that that is like so. My wife does like playing games for her takes a lot of energy, whereas for me. It kind of creates energy. But Pokemon Go, like, that's our jam. Like, even in pandemic, like, we literally, there's a, there's a, because we don't live, we live near the, near a river, and there's a little boardwalk, and there's, like, four stops that are all almost on top of each other, and we will go get drive through, sit in our car, right in between all four of those spots, and just sit there for, like, 30 minutes uh, catching stuff and like watching like YouTube videos while we're playing Pokemon Go. Amazing. So I, I've played a little bit of Pokemon Go here and there in the last many years. Um, and I recently transferred most of my Pokemon into the other Pokemon game, which I slightly regret. But it wasn't <laughs> so many. It was just that my shinies. I wanted my shinies in my actual Pokemon mm, game. I get that. Yeah, and it, we had we have our waves. Like we were really into it when it came out, and then it kind of like we died. Then uh, we kind of died, and then it's like right now we're in this like resurgence thing. So that's where we're we're being uh uh. I just had like I, I I my new trait is to try and see if I can hide a pack of Pokemon cards in our groceries when we buy them while she's there with me. Like we'll be checking out or like we'll get into the car and I hand her her pack of cards and she's like, "When did you get these? I was standing next to you the whole time." And then you open up a shiny new EX <laughs> card and all is forgiven. <laughs> So that's my that's my new favorite trick. Um, but getting back around to Kickstarters, you do a lot of things when it comes to games. But I want to know exactly what it is, you, everything you do. Because as far as most people know, they probably they only see uh, your Be Bold Games channel and see the how to play videos. But I know mm -hmm. that's only like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the work you do, right? Yeah, so I do like ads, graphic design stuff. I'm not, I don't call myself a graphic designer. There are actual talented graphic designers out there, but you know, I am proficient in Photoshop and therefore I am a, I'm an ads graphic designer <laughs> specifically just for marketing. Uh, <laughs> and then of course I make video content and ads for publishers and more importantly, I know Facebook marketing and Facebook ads in and out and do some Google stuff, targeted advertisements, that sort of thing. I do a lot of editing, like copy editing when we are working on various different projects and updates. I've made a couple Kickstarter campaign pages for people graphically. I do a lot of data analytics for like, you know, the ads that we're running. <laughs> What else do I do? Uh, honestly, like my the, my favorite thing that I do is uh, product photography, lifestyle photography, and like glamour shots. Which the difference between those three things is probably confusing for most people. So I'll explain. Yeah, I was about uh, to say. Yeah, I, you're going to have to. Product photography is when you see a board game in front of that plain white background with mm. a little bit of shadow, sometimes a reflection. I've done product photography for companies like Pandasaurus. I did all of the product photography for Amazon and 
um, target for all of Nyctophobia. And I've done the entire line of White Wizard games for all of their product photography. And then let's see, uh, lifestyle photography is where people are laughing and having fun and playing a game and having a conversation with each other while they're playing it, kind of making people feel like they're in a room when they look at those pictures and ads. Yeah, I can see then, myself in this playing this game type of stuff. Right, exactly. And then, of course, I do glamour photography, which is, you know, pretty shots that you see on Instagram. But I don't post those on my own channel. I actually take them for the game publishers. You give them the shots to put on their Instagram channels. Yep. And that's why I don't post to my own very often. <laughs> well, it's okay. Posting to your own is not going to, that doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't feed my child, <laughs> either of them, my human child or my cat child. <laughs> very true. So how did you get into, I am I, assuming most of this started with photography, right? And then expanded into other things? No, weirdly enough, uh, I was an insurance agent. And it started in marketing. Ah. And so I started doing uh, business to business and business to consumer marketing in the insurance industry. And I worked for a big agency in Fremont in Seattle. And we had a gigantic book of business of old clients from all over the Puget Sound. And it was my job to take all the calls and help all these people get their insurance situation situated for new policies because I knew how to use DOS. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know if you know this about the insurance industry, but they're not very technologically advanced. Um, so I was, and I was able to code HTML, which is what our website was made in super good times. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I, and I was a licensed insurance agent when I was 19, uh, right after I had my daughter and basically worked my way up to Seattle from Yelm, Washington. And eventually, I'm sorry, was up, that a town or did you just yawn? I know, right? It's <laughs> Yelm, Washington. Population, I don't know, but we basically had one stoplight until we got a Walmart and now we had like four. Oh, it's a, it's a farm town. I grew up there. Uh, my dad lived there, but my mom lived in Olympia. And so I spent every other weekend there and Wednesdays and then several years in high school because I got sent to live with my dad for being a bad kid. <laughs> I was a bad kid, to be fair, but I don't think that was a reasonable punishment for my actions. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I grew up raising pigs and I was in the Future Farmers of America and it was actually at Yelm High School that I had a teacher named Miss Nash who taught me how to use Photoshop and Adobe Premiere when I was 14 years old. So I actually like that's the last time I learned how to use Adobe Premiere and Photoshop <laughs> was 16 years ago. Nice. Yeah. So I used those skills when I got my job in the game industry and I did that for four or five years. And then I went on out on my own and now I have people's games and no longer work. So it started with the, man. with the marketing and then just you just grab and add on skills as you need to help out. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those things where I was doing marketing and then they were like, oh, face it. Like I was literally the person who was negatively impacted by Facebook lying about their video analytics. Mm. Like, yeah, I was pivoted full time to video because of Facebook. And then they were like, surprise, it doesn't work. And I was like, surprise, I'm out of a job. Like, uh. But as it turns out, making videos is great, actually. And now that's what I do, although I'm kind of pivoting out of that right now and doing more 
marketing analytics and training Sharice to do more video work. That's what I saw. You've got you've got your own employees now almost. I wouldn't call her an employee, but contractors. She's working for the clients directly Ah, under my umbrella. She is a she's a freelancer on her own. She's just uploading things to my channel and I'm mentoring her. Gotcha. That's the big thing. I I want to be able to create something that isn't just mine and I want other people to be a part of it. And she's been my best friend since I started going to Yelm high school when I was 15. So <laughs> it's, it's easy for me to mentor somebody who's so excited to be here every day. Nice. So it, it not only are you adding me- mentor now under the umbrella, but you've also recently uh, a professional writer and author. Yeah, I, I wrote a book that was crazy <laughs> to say the least. Uh, Yeah, I agreed to write this book and I wrote it in like something nuts, like six or nine weeks. I can't remember exactly how long it was. It was all a blur. It was actually while I was traveling uh, to Board Game Geek Con and PAX Unplugged in 2018, I want to say. So I was just making sure that I wrote 3000 words a day, every single day, no matter what, while also attending conventions and spending the holidays with my wife's family in West Orange, New Jersey. So it's like National Novel Writing Month, but for you, it was a whole book <laughs> and, yeah. not, and not made up. <laughs> yep. So how did so. that, did, did like you pitch the book to somebody or did somebody come to you and say, hey, we want this? So Simon and & Schuster and Adams Media had teamed up to say they wanted this book and they approached somebody in the game industry, uh, Chris Promise from Green Ronin. Yep. And they asked him to write it and he didn't have the time. And so he recommended me. Wow. And that was that. And they approached me. They asked, you know, like, what's your experience? How many games do you play? Like, blah, blah, blah. And like, just grilled me. And they were like, all right, you're in. Let's do this. And I was like, what? (laughs) I just, I just get my first book deal with Simon and Schuster and I didn't even have to seek it out. Like they approached me. Okay. Like, isn't that the best part? It was pretty incredible. Do you, so, how many times do you do you say the like I literally wrote the book on this? <laughs> I wish I had more opportunities to say it, but I never leave my house or and I never talk to anybody. So I can't. But the next time some guy tries to explain games to me, I'll be like, bruh. I feel like that should be in every Kickstarter you help is like, I love this game and I literally wrote the book on games. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I need to write that down. I need to remember that. Yeah. Maybe people should just start signing things as like Bebo, the author of the Everything Table. There you go. Book. That's what most people do is you put your, your the most highlighted thing there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess that's another thing I do. I also do some voiceover work for Kickstarter oh. campaigns mostly. But oh, like I did a video voiceover for the, the intro videos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which is great because I don't have to leave my house again. <laughs> that- I'm very much a hermit. That works. Like no exaggeration. That works though, because uh, any improvement, I, I, I always see people that are like, "Oh, I never watched the video. I never watched the video." But I'm, I always, always watch the video. And I've even on, I've on previous shows, I have trashed so many Kickstarter videos for just the s- simplest stuff. If your video's not good, I'm not buying your game. I'm sorry. I'm judgmental. I'm a rude, rude person. I don't think it's rude. (laughs) I don't think it's rude to say if you're wanting potentially hundreds of dollars or, you know, tens to hundreds of dollars of my money to have a game for you to at least look like you maybe put an effort into. (laughs) Yep. 
I mean, as somebody who can produce videos, like if your video is worse than I can produce, I'm going to be like, ah. I'm not even talking like you don't need to necessarily. There's a lot you can do with just like your phone. And but like if you're in the middle of your kitchen and it's like echoing and you're like, hi, I made this game and I'm also the maker of this other game. Well, I don't know either of those other games. So right. <laughs> right. Fair point. <laughs> Yeah, in my situation, it's just I I'm proud of the videos that I make. But if your animation videos is worse than I can make an Adobe Premiere in 25 minutes, I'm judging you. <laughs> That's all there is to it. I don't think I'm like the best person at making videos ever, but I do think I'm really good at like composition and lighting and filming and all of those aspects. Uh, the part that I'm less great at is animation. And I'm like, if I'm a bad animator and your video is worse than my bad animation. <laughs> yep. That's why when uh, you see, it, it, when I never quote anything, it'll just say Chris Renshaw because there's not anything big and famous there yet. 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 Just yet. Yet. I don't know that I feel big and famous about my book, but my little brother's best friend from second grade messaged me on Facebook and oh my told gosh. me she bought my game and that it was a game changer and it made me cry. Wait, she bought your game or the I'm a, my book. My okay. book about games. Blah. Well I didn't I didn't know if she didn't realize that it was a book or you know not a game. No, no, she she it's yeah she bought my book to play games and said it was a game changer and I was like oh bless you all you people <laughs> who don't know how to use board game geek I know you said uh, you, you you don't go out of the house much, but do you ever go into a Target and then be like, I took pictures of all that? Target is the only place I go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sometimes, but Target has a really good way of like switching out products to where like I've, yeah, I've never even like heard of some things. Oh, yeah. I just do it on an individual publisher basis, but I know that they're using my photos for nyctophobia and a bunch of other stuff. Gotcha. Probably bicycle game stuff too. Is bicycle game stuff at Target? I'm not sure, hmm. but I did all their photos. <laughs> Time to investigate. I'll be right back. <laughs> Goes to Target. I mean, I'll literally take any reason to go to Target, so don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> That's literally we'll we'll be like, uh, we'll be we need to go to the store for something simple, and it, like the grocery store, and it'll be like, well, why don't we why don't we go to Target and get that? And like, there's literally three grocery stores we have to pass to get to the target that's right there but target is so fun no but my answer is always but target's got pokemon cards <laughs> that's super true and pokemon plushies that's true walmart's got those too but for my wife the the, the i'd have to say minecraft plushies that's that's what we we, we enjoy our, our uh we enjoy the pokemon plushies but she can't turn down a minecraft plushie i have an in very 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 large collection of pokemon plushies oh i saw we had this conversation about your your four gengars yes my four gengars but one of them is so big it's like the biggest thing i've the biggest plushie i've ever seen and do you want to know how i get all of these how i win them playing a mobile crane game that you play via webcam in japan and then they oh, ship is that you the, your plushies is that the 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 it starts with taburo or toreba toreba yes i tried doing that and failed miserably at it so here's the thing. Number one, you get two free tickets a day. Number two, be prepared to wash machines for an hour before you even find one that's close. And number three, be prepared to be like sitting at a waiting queue. So oh, what yeah. I do is I play Toreba 
while I'm like watching Netflix and keep it on this little phone stand that's like next to me, but not totally in front of me. And then I wait to watch somebody like really mess something up and I get in the queue behind them. Oh yeah. And then if I think I, if I watch four other people win that crane game a certain way before, I just copy what they did. Sounds fair. Sounds like you, you gamed that system. Ha-ha. It's called sniping. <laughs> and if people can do it in video games, I can do it in a very harmless Pokemon plush game. Oh my gosh. That that I but I actually found out about that through there's a couple of YouTube commenters that people just like they find like cringy stuff and comment on it and stuff. And mm-hmm they got sponsored by them and that's how I found out about it. And it was just like, how have I never heard of this ever before? It's great. My wife has a bunch of uh, anime statues from it and I have a whole pile of Pokemon plushies because of it. Oh, I'm going to have to re-download that app because when I, the, the, the like week I was obsessed with it and like logging in every day, it was always like, I, 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 I'd get that, but I don't really, eh. It was always like stuff that maybe I was sideways a tangent, like attached to. But yeah, no- you sort of liked it, but you weren't sure. Yeah, it felt like a waste for me to get it. Like somebody out there probably really wants that. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally reasonable. For me, it was like, okay, the second I saw giant Gengar plushies and massive Snorlax plushies. See, that's the thing. When I was looking at it, they didn't have like Pokemon plushies in there. They would have like, hey, here's a Pokemon mug or or it was something like sideways that, you know, might be impossible to get or something. Have you seen that? There's some videos where people have gone to the warehouse in Japan where you can see all the cranes lined up. It's redonkulous. I'm obsessed with the crane couple. Yes, I think that was the video I saw. Yeah, they're my favorite. They're so great. I, yeah, I'm very tempted to back their Patreon, but (laughs) I'm like, I need my Patreon dollars to go to board game people. (laughs) But they're they're by far my most watched YouTube channel, not close, Mm. which is kind of sad now that I think about it. I watch people play arcade games because I can't afford to. (laughs) Oh, well, isn't that basically what Twitch is? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know, though. I feel like the reason why I watch Twitch is usually because I don't want to be alone and I just need some company. And so I'll throw up, you know, somebody on Twitch on a TV, like off in the distance while I'm working. So that's the problem. I I have so many podcasts that I never really have time to have something on in the background because that's usually podcast listening time. And I'm usually like fair. three months behind on that. Yeah, that makes sense. I have several podcasts I should be listening to and just haven't been. I think it's a common trend, though, that it's like when you spend all your time making create making content, you rarely have enough time to actually absorb it. That is very, very true. I have a really hard time consuming any content at all because I'm just tired. <laughs> and then when I listen to other people's content, I think to myself, oh, I really like that. I should do that in my own content. And I'm like, wait a second. I don't have energy for improvement. Who am I kidding? Or I do, you, or you but... get the like, hey, I should do, uh, that's a good idea. That, or that gives me an idea to do something new. And then you're then you like start to do it and you're like, I don't have time for this. What was mm-hmm. I thinking? Yep, it's a, it's a combination. All right, so uh, we can go ahead and, and wrap things up, but just uh, let everybody know where's the best place to uh, best place to keep track of what you're doing. 
Okay, so a couple places. I'm at Be Bold Games on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. And yeah, I think that's it. it I guess like- there's also Bold Bebo on my Twitter, which is the best place to follow me. But warning, my Twitter is the only account on the internet of mine that is not family friendly. <laughs> I swear. And I take pictures of my cat doing weird things. So, And on your Facebook page, you go live often uh, talking about a lot of different games, too, and yes, interviewing on people. on my Facebook page, I interview people literally every week about various nerdy game subjects. And it's usually about Kickstarter games that are live right then and there because I feel passionately about helping small creators. And that's with Tabletop Backer Party. You could also join that community, which is kind of like a Facebook group that I help moderate. If you're looking for a space that's inclusive and takes a like no BS approach to moderation, uh, know that we are a completely POC run group and I love all of the people that I get to work with there. They're so talented and smart and funny and, uh, yeah, I just, I love working with them. They're incredible. And is it, is it, is it a place for just create or for like publishers or is it for people that are interested in games or it's just for gamers okay if, if you like tabletop games and you're interested in them uh we just we all work together we talk about them we hang out on streams we've built a really neat community of people who are super positive and caring and welcoming to each other and i love that all right awesome well thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me Thanks for listening, and thank you, Bebo, for coming on to the show and talking with me. Go follow her at Bebold Games at practically all the social media spots and help support her and the great work she's doing. If you want to help support this show, you can send us email, write us, let us know what things you are like and not liking about the show. Feedback at boardsandswords.com. You can also find the show on our website. We've got lots of stuff going on. I've been vlogging about weird things. You should go check that out, boardsandswords.com. You also find the Dirt Bags of Holding there, which is a great show. I'm not biased at all. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, I'm at Chris Isn't Bored on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Colin at Colcakes196 at Twitter and Instagram. Cindy is at Cindy Pastorius on Twitter and Instagram. And Phil is on Twitter at Phil the Dirt Bag. I did that off the cuff. No planning at all. Uh, if you want to help support the show or provide give back in the way that we've given to you, check us out, patreon.com slash boards and swords. We will see you in two weeks with another episode. In the meantime, thanks again for watching. And remember that every gamer has a story. And actually get a second to think about what I want to put here. What would you put here? Bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.